Welcome to Small Business Celebration. We're continuing our series on small business owners who are getting the move on. And our guest this week, well, she has grown a very successful business, traveled the world to learn the true meaning of home, life, and auto. This is Small Business Celebration. Welcome, where we chat with real business owners who have real success and learn from them about what works, what doesn't, and who want you to know that there's a light at the end of the tunnel and it's not a train. Join us where you can learn something that you can use today to grow a strong and profitable business. Welcome to Small Business Celebration, and our guest this week is Darlene Dennison, the owner of the Darlene Dennison Insurance Agency. Welcome to Small Business Celebration. Well, thank you for having me, Michael. Thank you. And for visioneers who don't know who you are, who are you, and what is it that you do? Well, my name is Darlene Dennison, and I'm a local State Farm agent here in Bakersfield. I have two locations. Love being a State Farm agent and love being a part of Bakersfield. Now, the reason we're talking with Darlene is she is one of the top State Farm agents, if not locally, nationally? I think so. There I, you go. I don't like to brag, but I think we've, <laughs> we've built a nice size agency. But this is not something that just happens overnight. No. This, this takes a lot of work, takes a lot of ingenuity, a lot of leadership, and a great team. And that's also one of the reasons we're going to be talking about that later on in the show, because everybody knows in the, in the business world right now, trying to find not only employees, but quality employees is a real challenge. And we're going to get into more of that. How do you find that? And Darlene has done that very successfully. But for context a little bit, you've been in the insurance business your entire life, haven't you? No. <laughs> okay. All right. Well, what, did, what did you do before this? So my first little chapter of life was in the private ambulance industry. Okay. And I just happened, you know, things happen for a reason, but I was offered a job as a file clerk at Gold Empire Ambulance, which okay. was a smaller ambulance company here in Bakersfield. And um, I started there and was trying to go to school at nighttime and really loving like the industry. And they offered me so much money, like $700 a month, <laughs> that I made it a full-time job. Um, and I just began to learn everything that I could, you know, in that particular business. Right. And Harvey Hall approached me to see if I would come over and be a manager at his company. Which I, is Hall Ambulance. Which is Hall Ambulance. Right. And I was there for 21 years. So wow. 26 years I spent in the private ambulance industry. I. I loved everything about it. I feel like I left at the top of my game. I feel right. like, you know, um, I, I, I knew that, I know this is gonna sound odd to some people, but I wouldn't be missed uh, for, my, uh, for what I did. I would be missed as a person uh -huh. because I left a really strong team behind me. Good. And, and I just wanted to go and try a new chapter in life and, and a new challenge, but I never really thought it would be insurance. Like, <laughs> that's the furthest thing from my mind. But in the process of doing this, you decided to change chapters. Right. Now, why would you leave a good, safe, secure, stable, guaranteed paycheck for, <laughs> for a rather large ambulance company and then jump off a cliff and hope you can build your wings on the way down right. in something that is commission-based entirely? 
everybody wanted the answer to that question, <laughs> especially my mother, right? Okay. She's like, you're leaving a paying job. Nobody knew that I left in 07 that the world would kind of financially crash in 08. This is 2008? So it was, oh. a, yeah, but I left in 07, right? Oh, so right. I, I didn't know, but I didn't know. Right. But, um, you know, it was just time for me to take that leap of faith. Um, Harvey Hall was a, a wonderful person, you know, to work for, a good leader. I learned a lot from him. And I learned some things I didn't want to do, and I learned some things that, that I definitely continue to do today. But he didn't have a succession plan. And, uh, it, and, and being one ambulance company, one, com one industry, like this is an industry, right? But there's right. only one of them in Bakersfield. Right. So if anything happened, if he sold the company or if he passed away, which look, he did during right. a very short time after I left, right. um, I wasn't sure where I would be mm. and um, but really more importantly is I just needed I needed a challenge like I felt like I had learned everything that I could contribute to the industry even I, I served as in a in a in a role with the industry to represent the industry as chairman of the board for an association that we were that we were part of and I just you know I just felt it was time for me to take what I learned and apply it in, in, in a new chapter. And I wanted to own my own business. I wanted to create my own business, my own environment, and give people opportunity. And, and, that's, and I took that leap of faith. I walked up the stairs and gave up a job that I, I loved with all my heart. What was it like being recruited by State Farm, they were they were relentless. Like, <laughs> okay, and I, and that that's probably part of why I made the decision to to do it uh -huh. was because I felt like the process that they vetted me out was very good, mm -hmm. and they believed that I was the right person. Mm -hmm. I mean, I did my own homework. I just finished getting my master's degree. Um, no one in my family had graduated from college, and right. and so I put myself through college, raising a family, working a full time job, and um, got my bachelor's degree. And then I went on to get my master's degree. I just finished it. My husband and I did that together, which was really cool. And he knew I wanted, you know, a new chapter, and so um, I kind of just put it out in the universe that I was not. Quietly, if you will, because <laughs> sort of bullhorn to the universe. Yeah. <laughs> Mr. Hall would have known I was leaving. He would have been happy. He wasn't happy when I left. But a friend, I met a friend, or that said, I think you'd be a good fit. So I began to consider it because they were so pushy, and they, you know, wanted to do, had to take a test. Oh, you passed the test. I'm sure everybody passes the test. But you know, and then it was like, could we do a background? Could we do a financial background? And would you come and hear about the opportunity? And would you do a business plan? And and I thought, well, what the heck? I'll right. do a business plan. I'll right. explore it. Right. And in, the, in my homework of doing that business plan, I fell in love. I fell in love with the company. I fell in love with the industry. I fell in love with the opportunity of what it could do for me and my family and my future. So I took that leap of faith and I said yes. Yeah. Insurance is one of those things. And, and for visionaries, you, you've probably heard me talk about this. I come from a line of insurance agents. I know, my, that's my, so interesting. My father, my grandfather, my great-grandfather. That's crazy. Trying to communicate to a business owner of an intangible product, an intangible service, on something they probably don't want to spend money on, on something they hope they never have to use, is not the easiest sell in the world. Right. How do you communicate to the business owner what you at State Farm and your entire team can do for them? It's very different, in my opinion, to talk with the business owner versus uh, just an individual family or a consumer, right? right? Business owners, 
they are willing to pay a little bit more for value because their time is important, right? right. And to be protected properly. Um, but the biggest thing is, you know, their their core is running their business. Right. My husband even jokes, nobody likes to pay for insurance, not even us, right? Right, sure. So, but right. the business owner, you know, they can either see us as an expense or a part of their team. Right. And what we try to do is be a part of their team because there's nothing, you know, a business owner doesn't want to pay more than they need to, right. but they don't want to have less coverage than what's required if something goes wrong. And right. life happens. I mean, bad things happen to good people, right? right? Sure. So like, for example, a business owner that, you know, has a delivery service and, um, you know, maybe the, you know, the, the individual is driving their own car versus a commercial car that they own and they get into an accident. You know, is your, is your, is your insurance company going to cover that? You know, right. and I've had situations where, I brought in new customers and that, that was exactly why they came on board because the, the previous person had not educated them mm, on what they needed. Right. Um, I had a, a customer start a brand new business and there was, um, a, 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 it was back when we were having those really bad storms and it was an older building and the ceiling caved in and it oh, ruined wow. all of his inventory and it was hundreds of thousands of dollars in inventory. Wow. And State Farm replaced all of it, paid for all of his business, lost business uh, income during that time. Right. And, and I was able to guide him through the process process and and business owners appreciate that right sure. and so I tried really hard not to give them coverage they don't need right. that just adds to their expense right. but give them the coverage that they do need in case something happens and the other thing is like if you need a, a certificate of insurance or you need things like we don't charge extra for that right oh. that's so and if you need it we can get it done today so okay. you're, you're not having to go through my team is great and so that business owners need convenience if someone wants to get a hold of me they can call my cell phone if it's important right and right. and i think that's that's key right is making sure that you're available right. you provide good service you give them the right coverage there's no surprises at claim time in the next segment, when we come back, we're going to talk more about that very team Darlene was just talking about and the service she can provide for you. But more importantly, we're going to talk about how did she find them? How did she grow them? And all this so that you can also use it to grow a strong and profitable business. But before we do that, Darlene, if visionaries want to get in touch with you, how do they do that? The easiest way is just to call the office here, and our number is 661-588-6070. What was that number again? 661-588-6070. Um, but you can, you, know, you can just Google Darling Denison State Farm Insurance, and I, I, I come up like a thousand different ways. I'm, <laughs> I'm kind of scared because like anybody could find me if they really wanted to. It's sure, really there's no easy. hiding. No, my husband's like, Darlene, really? Like... He's an IT guy, so afraid of security, and it's like, I'm sorry. Yeah, but yeah, you, it's pretty easy. Sure, sure. <laughs> and like I said, we'll talk more about finding the right employees for your business here in this bear market when we come right back. Hi, I'm Dr. Hugh Beatty, the wellness doc, also known as TWD. If you find that you have aging skin, suffer with facial acne, as well as wrinkles, the different things that I can do for you is Botox, chemical pills, facial fillers, as well as PRP. This can bring back that youthfulness so you can perform better at your business. Please come see me, Dr. Hugh Beatty, The Wellness Doc. Reach out to Hugh Beatty, MD, The Wellness Doc at 661-395-0315. That's 661-395-0315. Or visit them online at HughBeattyMD.com. That's H-U-G-H-B-E-A-T-T-Y-M-D. Dot com. 
I'm here with Darlene Dennison, the owner of the Darlene Dennison Insurance Agency, and our visionary question comes from Robin who asks, how did you find not just employees, but quality employees in this tight labor market? Well, I feel like there's been like two chapters of my state firm agency okay. when it, when you're talking about like the employee market. Sure. There was like my original, like how do you find the right people for this particular industry, for this particular agency and, and this particular town, right? And then past the pandemic, there's like, uh, there's two different situations, sure, right? I mean, right. it's always been difficult to find the right people. Mm -hmm. um, it's always been difficult to have a process in place that can vet out and find the right talent to match the job. There's right. good people. That doesn't mean that, that they're meant for every job, right? right? So there's that. And then after the pandemic, there was a whole lot of other dynamics that, that right. are in the mix. Well, I mean, are, you know, right or wrong, mm -hmm. um, there was a decision to give people a lot of money right. to stay on unemployment or to be on unemployment. They closed down so many businesses, you know, and that employees had no choice but to stay home. And right. then they started making more than they'd ever made in their life, right. right? Not earned, but just given. And so now the doors are open again, but it's like, oh, I, gosh, I really like what I used to, I, what I was making. Right. And... I don't know if I really want to go back and work with people. Maybe they worked remote and they want to stay remote. Right. But you, you know, you don't get a hundred percent of people. I don't think when they're working remote, as a rule. How did you overcome this and find? First of all, it's it's putting bodies in seats initially. I'm guessing. Right. Right. How did you first of all accomplish that, and then how did you grow from there? Well, I mean, first of all, you kind of have to go to like a next step, which okay. is to say, okay, once I find these people, mm -hmm. are they gonna wanna stay? Okay. Okay, if I'm gonna invest all this money and time in recruiting okay. and bringing people on board, is it gonna be a place, an environment at home that they're gonna wanna be a part of and that they're gonna stay, right? Because right. otherwise you're gonna be playing this game, this revolving door game all day long, which right. is expensive, it's right. exhausting, right. and you won't grow and your customers won't like you. How did you create that environment to make them want to stay? I believe that most people want to come to work to do a good job and to contribute to society and to others, right? right. And to serve others. I create an environment where I'm gonna, I'm gonna bring you in and, and I'm gonna give you a, I can't give you all the training. Some of it you have to learn and through experience, but I'm gonna give right. you good training. Right. I'm gonna give you a good culture. I'm gonna treat you the way I would want. I'm gonna, I'm gonna give you more than what you're probably gonna give me. Mm -hmm. I'm gonna give you training. I'm gonna give you coaching. I'm gonna invest in you so that you can be the best version of yourself. Give us an example of how you work with an employee to build them up, but also educate them and give them the gift that you have to be their own leader. I think one of the biggest mistakes people make is they spend a lot of time with the people that aren't doing the right thing. They, mm. they spend a lot of time with the problem people, right? Mm. I spend very little time with people's weaknesses. Oh, okay. I'm gonna spend time, I'm gonna, I'm gonna try to see where the best fit you are. And another thing I do is, even before I bring people on, I have a, a profile that I send them. It's a vetted out profile by a guy that has studied sales, he's studied service, and I send it to people. And if they don't return it, then I don't give them an interview. Oh. Because when I get it back, it'll tell me where they're the best propensity to be on my team, whether it's 
it's being a multi you know account manager dealing with existing customers or bringing in new customers for mm. example and so I try to identify people's strengths so like if you're gonna be on my customer service team then I want you like to really understand that role and and so in the meetings we're gonna talk about what it means to actually care enough about that person to get to know them so that you can help them and serve them right and we tell a lot of stories right I just share a lot of when I started this I had no clue like I felt like the biggest phony in the world like day one as a state firm agent I'm right. driving here and I'm like okay I don't know if any of you have, have saw the secret it's like I'm just gonna pretend like I'm a really great state <laughs> farm agent right I mean I mean I, I found out I probably know more about insurance than than the normal average person right. because most people really don't know what they're buying they're all right. sold on price versus the the real coverage but um, so yeah, I, I spend most of my time developing people and just enjoying their 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 strengths and coaching them and rewarding them and celebrating. We we do a team night once a month where uh, last this month we played uh, categories. I don't know if you've ever right, done that. Sure, right, oh my right. gosh, I have a competitive team. We were on two teams and uh, we had so much fun with that, right? But that's that's a part of like you have to team build because like. When you're in the game, it's so intense sometimes, right. and so we have to we have to build those relationships outside of that. What's the difference between being a manager of a business and being the owner? Yeah, that's huge. <laughs> it's so funny you brought that up. You'll uh, you'll have to remind me too to tell you the story about I I in my class as a state farm agent. Right. The first week I had a panic attack. Oh no. I left and I was in tears and they're like, oh my God, this girl's not going to make it. Right? right. And I'm like, well, that can't happen because I can't, there's no plan B. I can't go back. Like I already quit. I quit an industry, you know, and I, they, I had to make it work, but I, here I found myself going, what did I do? Right. You know? Um, so that, that was a big aha moment and I showed them wrong. I'm still here. <laughs> right. Um, but one of the biggest aha moments for me right. was I felt like when I was the manager of Hall Ambulance that I cared just as much about Hall Ambulance as Harvey Hall did. Mm -hmm. I felt like I genuinely gave 100 and 200% right. to do what needed to be done for the areas that I had responsibility over and even more. Right. And um, I sometimes wondered, like, why is he so intense? Like, you know, like... He would go on a trip and then come back for the last two hours of the day. Like, we've got this. Like, do you not trust us? You right, know, like, what's sure. going on, you know? I found out that the difference between being a manager at a company and being an owner is that come payday, you have to make payroll no matter what. Right. It was like, when it's got your name on the door, it's so much more personal. Right. And, and when something doesn't go right, it's embarrassing for me. Like I take pride. I'm like, I'll own it. Right. But I don't like it, but, right. but we're all people. So things do go wrong. Um, so what I, I had to really wear, I mean, it was a whole different hat. And, and one of the things I can, I just really encourage people. If you ever consider owning a business is get your leadership skills in place first, because there's a part of you that when you own a business in, in the early stages, I didn't take an income, you know, for, right. for two years. I mean, my husband left, shortly before we opened our doors right. and we had no additional income. It was, there was no plan B, there was no money. We were commission only. Right. And I had to use money out of my home. So when you bring in your team, you can't go, Oh, I'm getting ready to make payroll. Can you guys sell something? Like, you know, we got to sell a lot more stuff. Like, cause right. you know, cause they're like, Hey, look, we're learning. We're doing the best we can do. 
because you have to realize they didn't take that decision to or be an risk. owner, that risk. They didn't take on the risk. They didn't choose to. Right. They chose to come work for you, right? right? And it'll take them a while to build their skills. It takes it'll take me it'll take someone new a while to build their leadership skills or being an owner skills, right? But you you have to you have to go in with a whole different mindset that now you're responsible for everything, and it's different than being a manager. You know, when when I go on vacation now, I it's harder. <laughs> Turn the phone off. That, yeah, right. Get the email off your phone before you go on the cruise. Or exactly. Because or, or you do like what I do is, or I should say my wife makes me do, is we always seem to go on vacations in places where cell phones don't work. Well, that used to be a lot easier. It's getting harder and harder. They have found all this technology. You almost can't get away from it anymore unless you absolutely choose like, to do it. Right. You have to make that decision. Exactly. Yeah. When we come back, we're going to talk about communication and more than just how do you talk to your employees. It's the next step beyond that. It's communicating to your employees how to communicate on behalf of you. When we come right back. The reason we're talking with Darlene Dennison, the owner of Darlene Dennison Insurance, is because of a visionary question that came from a visionary just like you. We had a visionary that wanted to find out not only do how do I get employees, but how do I keep them? So if you've got a question, you've got a thought, something you'd like to learn about here on Small Business Celebration, reach out to us on LinkedIn, Facebook, and Instagram, and let us know. Who knows? Your question could appear here on Small Business Celebration. So reach out to us on LinkedIn, Facebook, and Instagram today. I'm here with Darlene Dennison, the owner of the Darlene Dennison Insurance Agency, and our visionary question comes from Rafa who asks, what methods have you taught your employees to use in order to become better communicators and salespeople? Well, I mean, I use a lot of training, if you will, right? Sure. A lot of training courses, watching videos, role playing, that right. sort of thing. But it's it's really deeper than that. Okay. Okay. Also. So like you mentioned it in a conversation we had earlier about the why, mm. you know, the why is what's really important because people, people will buy from you because they believe that, that you actually care about them, right. right? So the why, if we dig down to what, what we do here in our agency is our why is about helping the person really protect themselves, their family, the things they've worked hard for in their dreams, right? And our why is, if, if I open the paper or I hear on the news that someone's killed in an accident, right? I mean, I wonder, is it my customer? Did, right. we, did we have a conversation with them about protecting their income for their family, right? right? Having my team member understand that we are not selling people things. We're helping people. We're serving them. We're giving them protection so that they don't lose the things that they've worked so hard for or they don't lose their income that their family may need. Right. And that in sales, if you'll get to know a person, you'll build that trust and uh. they'll, they'll let you in because right, our industry, er, if everything you watch on TV, people are being sold on price, price, right. price, 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 right? right sure. And, but the reality is it's, it's, do you want to pay the right amount to protect all the things that you have, right? right? And people aren't going to have that conversation if they don't truly believe that you care about their family. I think that's the biggest, the biggest thing you can do for your, your employees is to help them understand why do you sell that product? What is your product about? I mean, almost, it's almost hard to not find a product out there that you can't realize that the, its reason for being is to help somebody in some way. You've been in this business for 15 years? Mm -hmm. Almost. 
What has been one of the things that having this business that's been very successful afforded you and allowed you to do? I, I'm going to try not to get emotional because I shared with a women's leaders group, we were sharing this kind of conversation. Which, which, which uh, Women leaders in business okay. and wonderful, wonderful ladies that have become friends and special people. And we were sharing this kind of answer about, you know, how is your business? What has it done for you? You know, as a business owner, um, yeah, my, my way of life, quality of life is, is bigger or better. But what it gave me is time. Mm. It gave me time when my dad was dying of cancer to live with me the last three years of his life. And I could, I could go take him to the doctor's appointment. Mm. You know, I could go be with him. I could be home with him for the last two, two weeks that he was dying in my home, right? right. Um, it gives me the opportunity to help my brother who has some, some uh, disability issues. He's mentally disabled. It, it gives me that opportunity to, to do things for him or to be there when he needs me. Um, it, gi it's, you know, it gives me the opportunity to help my family in ways that I couldn't help. Not, not enable them, not just like give them money, but be there specifically for where they might need me to be, right? Quality time. Quality time. It also has afforded me to help the community. Mm. I can give back. I can, I can find places I can give back. It's allowed me to travel the world. Like I, my biggest vacation growing up as a little girl was we borrowed the neighbor's Winnebago and we went to Galveston. I grew okay. up in Texas and I had a great time, right? The big when, family trip. Yep. And so, and when my, when my older two children were little and, and I worked at the ambulance company, right. you know, our biggest trips were to SeaWorld or to, you know, Magic Mountain or right. Monterey Aquarium. And we love those trips, right? Um, and then we have a oops baby that came when they were in high school, right. John, and um, he was, you know, he, he, the other kids were raised in the, the whole ambulance kind of journey of my life. John's been with me as an owner of an agency and he's seen the world. Like being an agency owner has allowed me to take him to other countries, to be able to see parts of the world that I never dreamed I would go. And, and I do want to say, and I, I, I share it with everybody that it's given me so much more appreciation for America. Awesome. Like I love when I come home, the, you know, the old architecture, the different cultures and the different people, there's some beautiful people out there. I mean, really nice people in some other countries, sure. maybe even better sometimes than, than home right. in terms of how welcoming and warming, you know, they, they are. But the reality is <clears throat> we have so much here in America. We have so much opportunity. We have so much beauty. Our, our land, our geography is so beautiful. And, and we do have all those cultures. I mean, we have everywhere I go, when I come home, it's just a blend of all of the, the people and the places I've been, right? And I mean, even the simplest things, like you go over to Europe, they don't even give you ice, right? I, right like sure. I got a lot of ice in my drink right now. <laughs> go um, to England to get warm beer. Yeah, yes. Yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> One of the things that you mentioned in passing is your brother. Mm -hmm. How old's your brother? He's 52. He's 52. Mm -hmm. Having this business has afforded you the ability to to help him, has it not? Yeah, absolutely. How so? Well, a um, couple things. I mean, um, you know, at the point where he is today, mm -hmm. he can he can live on his own, and he's he's um, been at risk of homelessness from day one. Ever mm -hmm. since he graduated from from high school, um, he this uh, this mental illness that. I didn't understand that came to life, um, took over his life. And we, you know, I didn't know how to deal with it. I didn't know how to help him. Um, so, you know, I got involved in, in the Kern County Behavioral Health Board and served on that, that board for many years. But as, as time goes on, like you, you, um, 
you don't know what to do to help him. And so, but recently, for example, um, he had lived in a place for 12 years and they, a new owner came in and bought it and threw everybody out, said, you know, we're gonna revamp it and use it for other purposes. And so he was forced to have to look for housing, which he can't do. Mm -hmm. So being, you know, if I work for somebody eight to five, I don't know when I would have found time to help him. Mm -hmm. So I was able to reach out to everybody I know. I was able to look for resources. I found out there were none, mm -hmm. uh, which is really sad. What are you doing about it? Well, that's, everybody always says that, like, if you're going <laughs> to bitch about something, then fix it. <laughs> and uh, so this is what I did. Um, I found a place, and I, and I, there was, there's like 12,000 people on uh, waiting for uh, a Section 8 voucher. There's That's no, just here in Kern County. Here in Kern County. Right. There's no, um, the, the wait list is closed for any properties that were built with homeless money that came into the county. So there's no Kern County facilities where, or properties where you can, where you can put someone. Um, I called all the apartments, even in all the lower economical parts of town that are listed on the Housing Authority's website no openings in the end, right? right? So I finally had to find a place to put him that I could help subsidize and, and be able to help him with everything, right? right? Most people don't have a big sister that A, has the resources, right. B, even cares, you know? C, some of them just really don't even have a big sister. Most of the homeless people don't have family. One of the biggest reasons they, they stay homeless is because after they've alienated or whatever's happened in their life, they find themselves alone, you right. know, on the street. So someone sent me a video while I was complaining about what I was going through with my brother, and it shared a community in Austin that was built to help the homeless and is doing amazing things to give these people dignity, to give them a place to live, to give them a way of life, and to be to give them, you know, to allow them to be who they are and not try to change them, not try to fix them, not try to, and and to do it in a way that they are they're 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 not hurting their community anymore, right? Wow. So this village in Austin brought all kinds of collaborative efforts together, non-government funding, all privately done. All privately, all privately funded. funded. There's okay. no government, no strings. And they've created this beautiful community where they all have these small houses, these little mini houses or mini, mini RVs, or, and they have community centers and they have you know, a, a arts and crafts, they have a, a woodworking shop, they have, even have an auto mechanic little facility you can bring your car to get it fixed. And they live there permanently. And 85% and of the people there are, that came there are still there. And the 15% the that are gone either passed away or they didn't follow the rules. Right. The biggest rule to live there is you have to pay to live there. Nothing's free. You, you have to get along in the community and make the community better. And I'm just excited because I've already been having conversations with people that, that can make a difference and make this happen with me. And it's just going to happen. Like I'm already living in the future that this has happened and we're going to do this for those people that, that maybe the less that it's our, it's what we should do as people is to help them regardless of what your opinions are about why they got there. What makes you wake up every morning? Mm -hmm and open your business. I mean, you've been doing this for 15 years. Right. And for a lot of business owners, after 15 years, the business becomes very routine. Right. You know the ebbs and flows of, of business and life. You know, you, you, you've got hopefully a rather stable employee staff. Mm -hmm. And you've got a new mission in I your do. personal life, I do. which is great. Yeah. But at the same time, you still have to get up in the morning and unlock the door and walk in. Yeah. Something has to bring you here. What is that thing? You know, the, 
the biggest compliment I think my husband gave me and um, he's not one to like throw out compliments. He's a great guy. He's just, that's just not what he does. You know, he shows that he's more of a service kind of guy, you know. Um, we were having a conversation with my son about education and about why he needs to go to college, right? Because he didn't want to go. He probably still doesn't want to go, but he's in college, our oops right. baby. And um, he said, look, son, he said, you know, your mom, she runs a business because she just loves running a business. She, she, she could run anything because she spent her whole life learning about how to lead people and how to run a business. And, and that's who she is, you know? And, and so like, I don't, when I, my business, is it can run without me at this point. But it's, I, I still find it to be like a challenge. It's like a puzzle to me. I was a puzzle person, right? So the business is always changing and there's always new things that I'm learning and when I get here, right? So my business provides me with this, just this mental like excitement about what's going on, what's different, what can I change, what can I go with the flow? But at the same time, because it's so well managed, and there, we hit some hiccups not too long ago where I had to kind of rebuild and, and do some things a little differently, but we've got that back on track. But now it gives me that, that ability to go out and do this project, right? So I can come here, I can make sure my people are taken care of, make sure that, that I'm not like missing something to where they aren't being taken care of and grow. I can help them grow into, they, maybe they, my, my daughter became a state farm agent just in January, right? Congratulations. I know, my ex-daughter-in-law, which I still love her too, became an agent five years ago and she's a rock star too, right? And so my decision to come here allows me to show other, other people what's possible. Because if I can do it after living in 18 places growing up before I left home, if I can do it without having anybody that showed me the way of having an education of a higher degree, um, you know, if, if, if I can do it, I can show them that they can do it, right? Okay. And so that, that, I love that. I love leading people. I love bringing people to a higher you know, place for themselves. And I love being able to give back. And, and this place of being able to go get involved in women leaders or get involved in this building this new mission, you know, to, to build a village for people. That, that's, that's why I come here. I mean, I have everything I need. I've been everywhere I need to go. Um, but now it's time for me to continue to give back. If visioners want to get in touch with you, how do they do that? Google me. No. <laughs> <laughs> okay. No, seriously, think about it. But uh, you can call the office here at 661-588-6070. 661-588-6070, because I know you'll ask me twice. Um, but uh, you, know, I, I, you can email me at darlene at denisonagency.com. Just make sure you only put one in in the front of Denison, not like the chili, unfortunately. They get, wasn't born into that company, um, but uh, Darlene at DennisonAgency.com. Um, but you'll find me on Facebook. Uh, unfortunately, I post way too much on Facebook. Right. I probably need to tone that down a bit. But because I do so much, so much a part of growing your business is, is branding. Right. I've done so much branding that if you do type in Darlene Dennison State Farm, you will get all kinds of ways to get a hold of me. Thank you very much for joining us here on Small Business Thank Celebration. You. Thank you so much. It's been really fun. It's been a pleasure. Thank you so much. And I'll be right back with my final thought. Hi, I'm Dr. Hugh Beatty, the Wellness Doc, also known as TWD. If you find that you have aging skin, suffer with facial acne, as well as wrinkles, the different things that I can do for you is Botox, 
chemical pills, facial fillers, as well as PRP. This can bring back that youthfulness so you can perform better at your business. Please come see me, Dr. Hugh Beatty, The Wellness Doc. Reach out to Hugh Beatty, MD, The Wellness Doc at 661-395-0315. That's 661-395-0315. Or visit them online at hughbeattymd.com. That's H-U-G-H-B-E-A-T-T-Y-M-D.com. Just below your chin. Ever have one of those days, visioneers, where you're working on a project and nothing about the project goes quite right? Well, I had one of those. I was working on a project where the lighting was okay, but not great. The audio was definitely too loud. And it seemed like every time I was talking with, to the guests, I seemed to lean forward and my head was in their camera shot. Well, I had one of those episodes with Darlene Dennison. And when I got home, I was telling my wife about it, especially after I started editing this episode, and I saw every single flaw possible with this episode. And when I was telling my wife about this, I was ranting and raving and whining and complaining. And when I finally got done, she turned to me and gave me one of her characteristic twinkle smiles, and she said, Michael? Why don't you just tell Visioneer Nation you had an off day? You think they'd accept that? I think so. Oh. Okay. I, I think I can do that. And then she leaned forward into me and she said, And Michael? The camera may be halfway across the room, but the microphone is right beneath your chin. Oh yeah. I hope you enjoyed our conversation this week with Darlene Dennison, the owner of the Darlene Dennison Insurance Agency. And I hope you learned something that you can use today to grow a strong and profitable business. And we'll see you here again next week. Thank you for listening to the Small Business Celebration Podcast. Some of today's music was brought to you by Ted Hammond, and you might find more of Ted's music at ReverbNation.com forward slash Ted Hammond. That's ReverbNation.com forward slash Ted Hammond. If you enjoyed this episode and gained some insight from it for your business, subscribe to the Small Business Celebration Podcast at iTunes.com forward slash Small Business Celebration and give us a five-star review. Also, if there's a business you'd like us to interview, reach out to us on LinkedIn and Facebook and let us know. Until next time, I'm your host, Michael Roberts of the Small Business Celebration Podcast, and we wish you a strong and profitable business.